Conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. Just a few days ago, it seems, we witnessed another example of how the empire strikes back at its political opponents. By empire, I mean the so-called U.S. deep state, a cabal of apparently pro-communist Chinese party, CCP, and totalitarian world government-supporting political and social leaders and officials and their minions. Among them, as I see it, is the purported special counsel, David Weiss, who supposedly has been investigating Hunter Biden and the Biden family corruption, but has been slow-walking the whole thing while statutes of limitations expire on various potential crimes and providing the sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden that later fell apart after a federal judge rejected it. Weiss and his crew, however, wasted no time once the information was revealed by Republicans in Congress in indicting for allegedly lying an FBI informant who claimed an official of the corrupt Ukrainian energy firm Burisma told the informant it paid bribes of $5 million each to Joe and Hunter Biden in exchange for U.S. protection against any corruption efforts of the Ukrainian government. While this information has been cited by congressional Republicans investigating Biden family corruption, the move is now underway by Joe Biden and his supporters to derail the Republican impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden. But as Britain's DailyMail.com reported February 15, quote, House oversight Republicans vowed to move forward with their investigation, saying in a post on X, they have reasons to do so that do not rely on the corrupt FBI or an informant, and they're referring to this informant, I'm pretty sure, end quote. Now, facing decades in prison over the lying charges, the FBI informant, Alexander Smirnoff, will be under tremendous pressure to cave, cave in and accept a plea deal, probably declaring that he did lie about the alleged bribery scheme. Whether or not Smirnoff's claims are true, with all of the other evidence of extensive Biden family corruption, including Joe Biden publicly bragging how he flew to Ukraine and threatened to withhold a $1 million U.S. loan guarantee for Ukraine unless the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating Burisma corruption was immediately fired. And, of course, we know Hunter Biden sat as a board member, apparently was a no-show job, and he was paid billions for doing it for several years. And that prosecutor was fired. It's unlikely the congressional impeachment inquiry will be terminated, as our illustrious president, Joe Biden, and his lackeys are demanding. There is obviously, even without the deep state's disputed FBI informant Smirnoff's claim of the Burisma $10 million Biden bribes, a mountain of evidence of sickening corruption by Joe Biden and the family members, and certain family members. The, this warrants continuation of the congressional Biden impeachment inquiry. There was also no question in my mind that Joe Biden, supported at every turn by all the evil and corrupt deep state officials and operatives, serves as much as he can get away with it. The Chinese and American communist parties and their closely allied world government worshipping globalist and or oligarch cronies. 
I was just listening today to a snippet from uh, Steve Bannon's War Room program in which he was noting that most of the big or many of the big American corporations are basically controlled by Chinese communist Chinese. Since if you do business in China and many of them are or want to or have in the past, you have to serve the Chinese Communist Party and communism. And this is one big reason why the communist parties here, the communist organizations have so much power and influence and why there's so much left wing political slant at so many people and organizations in this country. Nowhere is this more apparent than with the absolute chaos and madness occurring at the U.S. border, where the lawless Biden regime has been willfully and blatantly refusing to obey U.S. immigration law and throwing the border wide open thus allowing an estimated up to as many as 10 million illegal aliens to pour into the USA without virtually any vetting as to who they are or whether or not they have any chance of being granted asylum. Of course, if the Biden administration gets its way, they will all be granted asylum automatically. But this is being done so they can be granted U.S. citizenship eventually and help in the deep state plans take over all of America to please their communist masters. At least that's one way of looking at it. There are some left-wing ideologues among all those people, too, on our, on our, in our society here. Hence, bringing to fruition, fruition former president and radical leftist Barack Obama's promise to, quote, fundamentally transform, unquote, the USA. That would be a transformation into an unrecognizable, facile state of totalitarian world government being so vigorously sought after by the globalists and the communists. And what's amazing to me is that so many of these rich people who are pushing all this stuff, think that they're going to be keeping their power, their freedom, their money, their property when America falls. Or some of them believe, well, we can you know, promote communism for China, but I'm going to keep my money. I'll be rich. It's kind of like saying, well, we'll have a little bit of cancer. but I'll, I'll get cancer a little bit, but I'll, I'll be okay. The key to the installation of the power of the Biden regime has been the horrendous corruption of our nation's elections and electoral system by the deep state's operatives. At least that's the way millions of us who support Trump feel. The 2020 elections were a watershed event, as was noted last week by conservative commentator Dr. Steve Turley during his election protection boot camp online conference with his followers. Now, he has quite a presence on YouTube. YouTube is owned by Google, which I understand gets billions of dollars a year in advertising from the Communist Chinese Party and its entities. And they have demonetized Dr. Turley's YouTube channel, which is having an impact on him being able to get his message out. So he's, if you go there, he will give you an opportunity to join, which I have done, his uh, private group of followers. And um, this is part of what we, we saw in this boot, boot, uh, election protection boot camp online uh, a couple of days ago. It was lasted two hours. I was only able to listen to the first part of it, but found that Turley had some good points in discussing how our elections have been hijacked by the American political left and its allies. And this includes rhinos, the Republicans in name only, who have been the biggest impediment to the Republican Party and Trump's followers in trying to get the American people to see the evidence of all this election fraud, alleged election fraud, I guess at this point, many people, I have no doubt about it, but... Uh, Many people are not seeing this in the mainstream media, which is owned by big corporations with business in China. Anyway, 
Let's listen to some excerpts from the first part of the election protection boot camp. It goes on for about 10 minutes. Please play soundbite one. So what's really happening? I want to start by framing what we're up against with uh, an amazing congressional testimony that Molly Hemingway, the Federalist, um, gave uh, recently just a week ago or so uh, before Congressional Committee. If you don't know, Molly Hemingway wrote the book Rigged. She's an expert on election fraud. And in just three minutes, she gives one of the most clear and concise summaries of what we're up against. Go ahead and let's just take a listen to this. You're not recognized for five minutes. Chairman Stile, Ranking Member Morell, distinguished members of this committee, thank you for giving me the opportunity to testify today. The American system of self-governance is under attack. Instead of an election day where everyone votes at the same time and with the same full set of information, votes are counted quickly, and everyone promptly knows and trusts the outcome, we now have lengthy election seasons that can last months prior to and even after election day. The situation is so absurd that we have presidential and gubernatorial debates weeks after some people have already voted. Instead of having total security and a verifiable chain of custody for ballots being issued, cast, and counted, we flood addresses across the country with tens of millions of unsupervised mail-in ballots months ahead of elections, frequently to locations from which voters, if they're even alive, have long since moved. Instead of having election administration that is rigorously nonpartisan and impartial under the law, we have allowed the private takeover of government election offices by partisan oligarchs and their armies of activists who use those offices and their authorities to tilt the election toward favored candidates. Instead of voters being able to vote for the candidate of their choice, powerful interests backed by wealthy oligarchs are working to remove the most popular candidate and the ruling party's chief opponent from the ballot in a move reminiscent of Soviet Russia. And if that weren't enough, instead of the top candidates chosen by the people being able to fully engage in a vigorous campaign heading into an election, we have one side actively attempting to throw its opponent in prison and bankrupt his family, again, reminiscent of Soviet Russia. Instead of a system of rule of law that gives Americans the same rights and due process, the Department of Justice and other partisan actors are prosecuting their opposition, whether powerful or lowly, and doing so in places where partisan juries will ensure a quick conviction. Instead of a free and independent press that shares news and information to help inform voters, we have a press that is almost exclusively the arm of one political party and is so corrupt that it is willing to perpetrate hoax after hoax against opposition party members. Instead of a vibrant public square where Americans can debate issues and express their strongly held views, we have an elaborate censorship industrial complex where the government works hand in hand with tech oligarchs to suppress and blacklist debate on all the important issues that contribute to election outcomes. This is something I know firsthand because our government worked with tech companies to censor me for my election reporting. Allowing just one of these attacks to infect our electoral system would be a crisis. Allowing all of them at the same time is an existential threat to our system of self-government. 
In my best-selling book on how election administration has been co-opted by groups seeking political power, I reported on a new phenomenon in the 2020 election that has already severely eroded trust and needs to be addressed decisively. In the last presidential election, nonprofit groups with very strong ties to the Democrat Party and funded by one of the world's wealthiest and most powerful men, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, took over government election offices, most notably in the Democrat areas of swing states. Since then, the efforts by partisans to further infiltrate government election offices to ensure favorable outcomes have only increased. I look forward to answering questions about how the private oligarch takeover of elections is a threat to our system of self-government. Here, here, Brilliant. Just in under four minutes, she just summarized it so beautifully. Make no mistake, the Republican Party, under the leadership of the utterly feckless and clueless Ronna McDaniel, the paralysis of Mitch McConnell, the self-serving short-sightedness of our elite donor class, is currently sleeping. The leadership either has no idea or has frankly been bought off to just simply turn uh, their uh, blind eye to the fact that elections have indeed changed for the foreseeable future. It's widely agreed among those who have studied the issue that the 2020 presidential election really was a watershed moment. It It was a fixed point in history when our elections changed and changed dramatically. And it was the Democrats together with the deep state and big tech that basically came together, organized and rewrote the rules of how elections work. But now, of course, to the clear advantage of the Democrat Party. And until the Republicans finally wake up and catch up to what's been happening since then, they're just not going to win. Uh, maybe it's a GOP. Maybe voters just don't like them. <laughs> well, that's that's certainly true to a point. You know, what's there to like about a party of McConnell and Romney? But a good candidate, a local candidate, they could always overcome that kind of stigma. No. The reason Republicans keep losing is not because of the issues. It's not because of the quality of the campaign or the popularity of the candidate or the party. The reason why Republicans keep losing is because they're playing by the rules of a game that is no longer being played. You've got to get that. It's very important for all of us to get that. Bottom line, our elections have largely shifted away from being defined by votes and are now instead being defined by ballots. You've got to get that. The two are not the same. Our elections have shifted away from being defined by votes and are instead largely defined by ballots. I'll get into electronic voting later on. Don't freak out on that. This is key. Do not get distracted with this one. Votes have been replaced by ballots. So in the name of COVID, as you know, many states altered their election laws in 2020 in ways that expanded the use of unsupervised mail-in voting and insecure election practices such as ballot drop boxes. After seeing major success in that election, Democrats realized that they don't have to focus on election day turnout to win elections. That's the old model. 
Who's coming? Who's turning out? That I'll never forget that. It's 2012, 2016, 2018. That's what we always heard over and over and over again. It who turns out? Who's coming out to vote? If it's it's primarily a Democrat electorate on election day, they win. If it's primarily a Republican electorate on that election day, they win. Right? 1994 Gingrich Revolution. I forget what it was. It was like a Republican uh, plus five advantage or something like that. Election day turnout wins elections, right? Wrong. That's the old model. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it's the model. Carrie Lake learned this the hard way. It's the model Republicans still utilize. Democrats realized that they only need to bank enough mail-in ballots during early voting so as to create not just a massive deficit that Republican election day turnout often can overcome, but also allows them to gauge how many more votes do they need on election day in order to stay on top within a margin of fraud. You can only go so far. And what that means, and this is very important for us to understand, is that Democrats are now using their money, their hundreds of millions of dollars, not to finance candidates. They're not even particularly interested in the quality of their candidates. They don't get John Fetterman back in 2022 prove, prove that. Instead, they're using their money and a lot of money coming from oligarchs, billionaires and the like, who, by the way, think now elections are up for sale, right? Everything else is to them. Billionaires think everything's for sale. They can use their billions to buy politicians. They can buy legislation. They can buy anything. And now they think they can, through the Democratic Party, they can buy elections. So what the Democrats have been doing since 2020, particularly with the help of the oligarchs, Zuckerbucks and all, is they go out and they register voters primarily in heavily Democrat regions of the country, urban areas and the like. Even inside red states, Soros is spending a lot of money to do this in Texas right now. And they gather all of these names and addresses. They register people who they go to their door are you registered? No. Here you go. S sign this or uh, fill this out. Well, here, we'll fill it out for you. Sign this. Okay, you're registered. Once they get him registered, then they go back to their door with a ballot in hand already filled out and they just get their signature. Now, I, as I said, I didn't hear all of the two hours. I'm going to try to go back and, and listen to it. <clears throat> Uh, Turley said he was going to address the issue of electronic vote ma manipulation. I'll get into more of that a little bit more of that in a few minutes, but uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure I agree with all of his opinions, but uh, he's got some very good points here, uh, what he's talking about and what he's been reporting. I mentioned that election integrity activist Michael Lindell is urging patriots to vote in person on election day to throw off computer algorithms, which watch vote count totals electronically to flip votes and manipulate vote totals electronically, and apparently also integrate that with paper ballot fraud. This may be why Republicans, this voting turning out in in mass on election day to vote, as Turley is disparaging here, but this may be, in my opinion, why the Republicans were able to barely retake the House of Representatives in 2022 midterm elections. And I've spoken numerous times about reports of the super or a supposed super secret CIA supercomputer system and program used with it 
being used illegally to manipulate these vote totals and that the source code for the system, quote, ended up in China, close quote, according to a new book, Invisible Treason in America, which talks about this computer system and talks about other things that were done in terms of election fraud, vote fraud. I say so many of our Republican leaders, including RNC chief Rona Romney Rhino, quote, Biden one, unquote, McDaniel, who thankfully is resigning, but we don't know who's going to take over yet uh, from the Republican National Committee and the CCP compromised Senate minority leader Mitch McConnell. I'm saying they know full well what they've been doing to sabotage Donald Trump and make America great again movement. Interesting, I don't know if you heard, but Mitch McConnell's sister-in-law, Mitch McConnell's married to Elaine Chow, whose father, James Chow, is a big shot in the communist Chinese, uh, in the Chinese shipbuilding industry, which you you don't work in China without being part of it, working for the communist Chinese. And he has given gifts of up between five and 25 million, as I read, uh, to McConnell and Elaine, and they like double their net worth. They have a shipping business, which all the ships are supposedly built in China, and all the crews are Chinese nationals. So he's not compromised. Well, his sister-in-law, Elaine Chao's sister, Elaine Chao being the former Secretary of Labor, I believe, and also Secretary of Transportation. She also served on the U.S. head of the U.S. Maritime Commission. But her sister Angela was running the the shipbuilding outfit. Took it over from the father. Uh, and uh, she's 50 years old, and she died mysteriously in, I think, in Texas recently. They first reported she was hit by a truck running a red light, and then they now they're saying that she, her car apparently backed into, entered a, a pond, a, a body of water, and she drowned. But we really don't know. This is very confusing. And another mysterious death, and the, the Chow family is said to have been connected with closely connected with the Communist Chinese Party, and particularly the former, the late Zhang Zemin, who's, who was a rival of the current leader, Xi Jinping, and was subdued by Xi Jinping. Zhang Zemin died last year, but his power base was Shanghai, the financial center. And it, one report I saw on the internet, it, they were alleging that the Chao family were what they call white gloves for the Communist Chinese. That These are people who act as bad people of, money laundering and so forth. I don't know. But Elaine, or not Elaine Chow, but Angela Chow's husband, his name, his name is Breyer. I think he's a big-time U.S. Uh, hedge fund manager. He had a lot of investments in China. He supposedly said at the confab uh, last month of the in Davos, the uh, World Economic Forum, he was complaining that, claiming that China is now uninvestable and he's pausing his massive investments in China and so on and so on. And right after he says that, his wife mysteriously dies. So these are the people, her sister, her brother-in-law, Mitch McConnell, is big, big shot in the Senate and has been the Senate majority leader. Now he's a minority leader. Anyway, uh, I still think it's important for large-scale election day turnout to help win elections. And we also need to end all this illegal, unconstitutional corruption of our elections and electoral processes and eliminate electronic voting, you know, this long-term voting. You could vote after uh, days, weeks after the election day or before months before election. It's ridiculous, and it's not following state and federal 
constitutional legal issues regarding elections. We do need to eliminate the electronic voting. Our own government, the Department of Homeland Security's CISA, has said that cybersecurity, infrastructure security agency of Homeland Security has said that these electronic voting machines, agreeing with many elected uh, or rather uh, educational people in cybersecurity around the country, that there are nine major flaws in this equipment, which is have not have no no fixes. Of course, they very interestingly ref- said they haven't seen anything that indicated there was fraud through this equipment, this massive voting equipment we're using all over the country. Different electric electronic voting systems are all basically the same, but uh, they haven't looked either. <laughs> As uh, Mike Lindell's lawyer, or one of his lawyers, observed, <clears throat> with the deep state's highly successful, what appears to be certainly I mean, conspiracy to corrupt and control our elections, we are witnessing one of its key strategies to utterly destroy America as we have known it, and that is the shockingly willful refusal of the Biden regime to follow the country's immigration law. As I said, an estimated up to 10 million illegal aliens have poured into the USA since the illegitimate Biden regime has taken power, including, that we know of, hundreds of individuals on our terrorist watch list. And over the past two years, tens of thousands of mostly military-aged males from China, many of whom are believed to be affiliated with the, with, with if not outright members of the Chinese People's Liberation Army. Make no mistake about it, based on what our alternative media has reported, this true illegal alien invasion of the United States is wholly intentional and designed and is being facilitated with your tax dollars being showered on these migrants. They're not illegal aliens anymore. They're migrants coming for economic opportunity as they are called by the deep state apparatus through the direct U.S. government. And I'm sorry, as they're called by the deep state apparatus. And that's in our mainstream media and so forth. Uh, these money is coming from U.S. non-government orga- organizations and maybe some foreign ones too, I believe, called, so-called NGOs, including the American Red Cross, as I understand it. Been a lot of reporting on that recently. Facilitating these people coming up from Central and South America. And communist China also is reportedly involved in aiding and abetting these tens of thousands of Chinese nationals flooding the U.S. border. You may have heard of the alarm made public last week regarding the recent, quote, serious national security threat, unquote, posed by a reportedly as yet undeployed Russian nuclear-armed satellite killer capability. Here's what conservative commentator and committee on the present danger China's Frank Gafty had to say about this in his Secure Freedom Minute podcast recently. It's titled The Real Serious National Security Threat. Please play soundbite two. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Yesterday, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner announced a, quote, serious national security threat, unquote, and called on President Biden to declassify all information about it. When I first heard this news, it seemed like an answer to prayer. After all, for months, our committee on the present danger, China, has been warning that our borders are being invaded by large numbers of unaccompanied military-aged Chinese men. Customs and Border Patrol says 20,000 PRC nationals have entered since October 1st, and most of them appear to be People's Liberation Army personnel who surely constitute a serious national security threat. 
Evidently, Mr. Turner is instead preoccupied with an as yet undeployed Russian space-based nuclear weapon for destroying our satellites. That sounds like a problem. But what the nation needs to be addressing immediately is the present and potentially catastrophic danger posed by China's ongoing literal invasion of America. This is Frank Gaffney. Due to this outrageous, willful refusal by the Biden regime, which I have to think is criminal, if you refuse and you're refusing to follow our own country's immigration laws as dutifully passed by Congress, what are you? Are you not a criminal? So I have to see the Biden regime as criminal. And they are refusing to follow U.S. immigration law. And the Republicans in the House of Representatives last week impeached Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. You know, the guy that's always, it's happening all over the world. We have a broken immigration system. And, of course, they've come up with a bill in the Senate, which, unfortunately, was defeated after the Senate passed it. But the House refused to take it up. The Republican-controlled House, barely Republican-controlled, but they did. Thank God. The Democrats there, of course, wanted to go along with it. And that bill was to codify all of their doing now and make it legal. Anyway, Mayorkas has been at the center of all this. An earlier attempt by House Republicans to impeach Mayorkas failed by a few votes, with Republican Representatives Buck, McClintock, and Gallagher voting against it. I don't – I believe they voted against impeachment again with the successful impeachment vote, but they had more Republicans to vote last week. And I think maybe both votes for last week, but they – anyway, the first vote failed. And last – a few days ago, the second vote succeeded, just barely. Uh Anyway, I'm not sure what their reasoning was in casting the no on impeachment votes. Gallagher runs this House Committee on the Dangers of Threats from China. You'd think he would have interested, but they, he apparently has said he doesn't think that's a good precedent or something to impeach a, House, a cabinet secretary. Well, they finally did. Where it goes to the Senate, we doubt it's going to go much further, but at least they're doing their duty in the House. Let's listen to an argument for Mayorkas' impeachment by conservative commentator Mark Levin on his radio show on the day of the first impeachment vote that failed earlier this month. It was either last week or right before, or the week before. Please play sound bite three. Impeachment. There's a vote taking place in five or ten minutes on the floor of the House. Ken Buck, who's a complete head case, is irrelevant. But there's one of two others say this creates a bad precedent. Let me educate these buffoons. There are people dying in our country. There's slavery taking place on the border. Tens of billions of dollars are flowing into drug cartels' pockets. Venezuela gangs are here. El Salvadoran gangs are here. MS-13. Our nation is flooded because Mr. Mayorkas, up to three weeks ago, said the border is secure. He testified under oath before the House and the Senate. He said it over and over again. Should Biden be impeached? Of course he should. But one does not exclude the other. Mayorkas is also a constitutional officer nominated by a president, confirmed by the Senate. The impeachment clause applies to him, too. And my God, if we're not going to impeach this guy based on what he has done to this country, his defiance of the Constitution, his defiance of his oath to uphold the Constitution, lying before Congress over and over again, but we're going to send Bannon to jail. And we're going to send Manafort to jail. And we're going to send Stone to jail. And we're going to send, God knows, to jail. 
And to have Republicans look at this damn thing and say, what's the impeachable offense? Do they not have IQs that register? The impeachable offense is they violated their oath. They violated the Constitution. And they violated myriad immigration laws. And they lied to Congress and the American people. This is exactly why the impeachment clause is in the Constitution. These are called high crimes. By high crimes, they don't mean mass murder. They don't mean bank embezzlement. When you go back and look at the history of the impeachment clause, a highly debated, discussed, and finally agreed to clause, they look back at English common law. They look back at the British Parliament vis-a-vis the king. That's where they came up with the phrase high crimes. High crimes means offenses against your society. It means taking actions that are in the, not in the best interest, they're in the worst interest of your country. And since you can't be indicted for these things, you must be addressed, in our case, constitutionally. So to have these frauds who claim to wrap themselves in the Constitution, we're opening a door here. And what are you talking about? The door was open when Trump was impeached twice for nothing. Absolutely nothing. Here, here, right now, look around, America. Look around at the death and the mayhem. For not enforcing federal law, you have an obligation to enforce federal law. If you disagree with it, you take it to the courts and you debate it. And you get a decision. Biden did that twice, he lost, and he still defies judicial decisions. We're going to watch this one closely. And of course, as you probably know, it was the second impeachment did succeed. Thank God most of the Republicans in the House are doing their jobs. Now here's more from Dr. Steve Turley on his YouTube channel on the recently defeated, secretly negotiated... U.S. Senate bill that would have made legal all the lawless Biden regime's actions facilitating and encouraging this massive U.S. border invasion by the never-ending hordes of illegal aliens. And as would be expected, the despicable rhino and deep state operative Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell was a key supporter of this Senate abomination, along with some, well, a total of some 22 Republicans, I believe, including McConnell, did vote for this bill. These people got mad. Now, the Democrat Party, we know they're active. They're, as David Horowitz of the Freedom Center said, the Democrat Party today is the Communist Party. And they're closely aligned with the corporate people who have their money in China. They don't seem to have any, any clue about what's going to happen to this country. They don't seem to care. All they want is their money from China. And then they're them and the left-wing ideologues I think we're going to have this wonderful future. Anyway, let's hear some more about this bill. This, fortunately, it failed. But uh, let's hear what uh, Steve Turley has to say about it. Play soundbite four, please. Very quickly, the Speaker of the House, uh, Mike Johnson, has said this Senate deal, the outlines of it have leaked out, is dead on arrival. Uh, do you agree with what he's saying, given the fact that it does not limit Biden's ability to parole people into the country, which could be obviously still in the millions. Look, uh, 
I've been an active Republican my whole life. Every once in a while, part of the party becomes suicidally stupid. <laughs> that bill is suicidally stupid. It makes no sense. I, I, I will oppose it every way I can, and I hope that every Republican activist in the country will oppose it. It is a total sellout, and it's just dumb. I mean, it's like having a, you know, an absolute winning hand and saying, please, can I just lay these down and lose the game anyway? I mean, all they got to do is say, we want to stop everything now. Not this, I mean, when I first heard that it has, has 5,000 people a day gets to come in and that doesn't count as illegal immigration, I thought, these guys have got, I don't know what they're drinking, but it's not good. That was brilliantly said, and former Speaker Gingrich is hardly alone. There is a mass uprising against this utterly insane border bill. And guess what? It's an uprising that's emboldening patriots to defeat the bill. It's causing sniveling, cowardly rhinos to hide under their desk. And you are the ultimate reason for it. Hey, gang, it's me, Dr. Steve, your patriot professor, here to help you think better so you can feel better in these crazy and turbulent times. The Senate yesterday, Sunday, officially released the border bill we've been hearing so much about. And to call it an unmitigated disaster would be an understatement. For Republicans, as you heard Gingrich characterize it, it is suicidally stupid, as it would be, of course, for the nation as a whole. Astonishingly, the bill allows, forget this, 8,500 illegal migrants to cross the border every single day. There is no border shutdown. The bill allows for thousands upon thousands of illegal migrants to cross the border every single day. And it's only when that number of illegal border crossings surpasses 8,500 that the border could get shut down. As it turns out, the actual border shutdown doesn't get activated unless Mayorkas, the feckless Secretary of Homeland Security, says so. It's a provision buried deep inside the bill. If you're interested in reading more, America First Legal did a brilliant job of breaking down the massive bill's provisions, but there is no automatic trigger to shutting down the border. It's the Homeland Security Secretary's sole discretion, which he already has. Biden Mayorkas could shut the border down completely right now, right this very second. But what the Senate bill does is it formalizes Mayorkas' priority in doing so, and that's only if he wants to. And then the real insult in all of this as if that wasn't bad enough, not only do we have 8,500 illegal migrants allowed daily, not only is shutting down the border completely at the arbitrary whim of a corrupt secretary of Homeland Security, but as former Trump advisor Stephen Miller points out, perhaps the single most devastating provision in the bill is that it gives this utterly feckless Mayorkas and his asylum officers the unilateral authority to directly grant asylum to illegals without congressional approval. You heard that correctly. The bill purportedly would give ultra leftist asylum officers direct authority to unilaterally grant amnesty to these illegal migrants. Simply put, the bill is worse than any of us could have imagined. And patriots across the nation have freaking had it. They've absolutely had it with a feckless, cowardly, corrupt GOP that never freaking fails to betray their own voters. And patriots have just had it. President Trump took to true social, just blew the bill apart. Quote, 
Only a fool or a radical left Democrat would vote for this horrendous border bill, which only gives shutdown authority after 5,000 encounters a day, when we already have the right to close the border now, which must be done. This bill is a great gift to the Democrats and a death wish for the Republican Party. It takes the horrible job the Democrats have done on immigration and the border. It absolves them and puts it all squarely on the shoulders of Republicans. Don't be stupid. Julio Rosas, a reporter who's been covering the southern border for years now, he sent out a brilliant tweet, quote, I've been covering the border since 2019, and this border bill is exactly what's wrong with how D.C. tries to, quote, fix a problem, spends more money, gives more power to the feds, and doesn't actually solve the problem. Again, a bill from Congress is not needed to solve the acute problem at the border. Biden just needs to undo the executive orders he signed on day one. The historic influx of illegal immigrants was started by the policies his administration has recklessly pursued bullseye this crisis is a hundred percent of biden's own making and he could fix it literally within the next 60 minutes but he refuses to do so and senate republicans or certain republicans are playing right along with that corruption rate i hope this insanity to legitimize what's been going on the ins- to legitimize the insanity at the border is dead, but we will have to see. But you do see that, once again, reputed Republicans, in actuality rhinos, that is Republicans in name only, the what Turley calls a donor class who take their money for the big corporations, tied in with China, are and have been sabotaging our efforts to stave off and defeat this terrible, evil Marxist revolution which has been thrust upon the country by the corrupt, evil, and illegitimate Biden regime installed and supported by the deep state. At least that's how many millions of us feel. And there's plenty of evidence for it. Let the American people see that evidence. Instead, the Biden regime and the deep state are doing everything they can with their large-scale control of these corrupt left-wing judicial figures. They call themselves judges or jurists or whatever trying to take down Trump, trying to put him in prison for life, destroying people like Rudy Giuliani, one of his big supporters, former mayor of New York, and many other people, as Mark Levin was just relating. It remains to be seen if freedom-loving Americans have a real chance, are going to have a real chance, at taking back our country from the communists and globalists who now largely hold the reins of power in America. One of our first priorities must be to weed out and remove as many as possible of these Republican traitors from the Republican Party's ranks. Only by replacing them with true patriots are we going to be able to unify the party and vigorously pursue real election integrity in compliance with state and federal law. Thus opening the door to taking back America in 2024. That's all for another show. As always, we hope you found today's content of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of the show today when it's posted soon on the Jim Benson Show pages here at bbsradio.com and elsewhere, including on Apple Podcasts. Look for us again with another live show two weeks from today in this same time slot. Have a great rest of your day and evening.